Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you can swim with the sharks? Talk with Mr. Great White himself, Roy Green. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. When you were young and your heart was an open book You used to say live and let live You know you did, you know you did, you know you did But if this ever changed <laughs> I was just saying to Lisa, it's kind of an eclectic soundtrack today, you know. Some of the songs, you're coming out swinging, it's Eye of the Tiger, you're getting ready to wrestle, and now it's like I feel like I need to start a snowball dance at a wedding or something just to get the party rolling. There we go. There we go. It's starting to thump a bit now. This is Andrew Lawton in for Roy today on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Good to have you aboard the program today. So I wasn't going to talk about this, simply put, because I didn't know this existed until this morning. But there is a bit of an update in the Omar Cotter case. Now, he is just off the heels of his receipt of a $10.5 million payout. Courtesy of you and I, the great taxpayers of this country of Canada. And now Omar Cotter is seeking, yet again, a restriction lifted on his bail conditions. He is not released as a free man. He is still on bail well-pending appeal of his U.S. military court conviction of murder, because he is, by definition, a convicted murderer and terrorist. But Omar Cotter is going back to court this week, according to an exclusive report in the Canadian press by Colin Perkle today, asking that his bail conditions be eased, including the one condition that says he cannot have unsupervised conduct, or contact, rather, with his older sister. Now, his older sister's name is Zainab Cotter. Now, she's a fairly interesting person. She is a very devout Muslim. She wears a full kneecap, face covering, and I've seen her on TV. I mean, I think I saw her on TV. Who knows, I guess, who you saw on TV when she's wearing a full kneecap, face covering. But I saw her and a woman who uh, was presented as Omar Cotter's mother in a TV interview several years ago. And these two women, presumably women, again, you know, having to make assumptions here, were speaking about how it was just no big deal that Omar Cotter killed Sergeant Christopher Spear. Just no big deal, shrugging their shoulders about it, actually laughing and joking about it. And the one thing that was hilarious about it is, is that they, they were so nonchalant, because the narrative now is that, oh, well, Omar Cotter didn't do it, he was just a boy. Back then, they believed that he did it, they were proud of him for doing it. And they said in this interview with CBC how other people should be so lucky as to have sons like Omar Cotter who are prepared to kill soldiers. Now, Zainab Cotter has always been the most indefensible of the Cotter clan next to Ahmed Cotter, the father. Because Zainab Cotter on Facebook glorifies Osama bin Laden. She calls him the great martyr. She's very radical. She's an avowed supporter of Al-Qaeda. She is someone who believes in the very things that got the Cotter family so embroiled in terrorism in the first place. You may remember Cotter's father was an Al-Qaeda financier. Cotter, as a 15-year-old, went over to Afghanistan, was building IEDs, killed however many soldiers through the IEDs. That we don't know. And by extension, then also confessed to throwing the grenade that killed Sergeant Spear. Now, Zainab and the mother were 
so nonchalant that they said, you know, killing as a, a young boy in this sort of ideological worldview was no different than learning, you know, how to ride a bike as a child. And, and this is what they genuinely think. So even if you accept the narrative, the party line from the left in Canada, the left that has held up Omar Khadr as being some sort of folk hero, if you accept the party line that he was embroiled in something because of his family and it's not his fault and he's an innocent little victim and, you know, welcome back, Cotter and all that sort of stuff. If you accept that, then surely you would understand the idea that, hey, maybe it is problematic for him to have close, unsupervised conduct with the very family in question. The very family in question. But now he is actually going to court and he is saying that he wants to be able to speak to his sister without any restrictions. Currently, he's allowed to speak with her, but only well supervised by a lawyer or a bail supervisor. But he says it's not necessary. Now, I want you to hear the quote that is in the affidavit that he submitted in court. I am now an adult and I think independently, even if the members of my family were, my, were to wish to influence my religious or other views, they would not be able to control or influence me in any negative manner. What he said to this affidavit was, I would like to be able to spend time with Zainab and the rest of our family when she is here. As far as I am aware, Zainab is not aware, involved in any criminal activities and is frequently in contact with the Canadian Embassy in order to ensure that her paperwork is up to date. And he said in an interview last month with the Canadian press that he wouldn't decry or really disavow the views that were put forward by the Cotter family's other members. Instead, he said the following in this interview. I'm not excusing what they said. I'm not justifying what they said. They were going through a hard time. They said things out of anger or frustration. Folks, let me tell you, I've gone through some very tough times myself. I've gone through some challenges in my own life. I have gone through periods of my life that were very difficult, that were very trying, that were very tumultuous. Not once did I ever glorify Osama bin Laden in those. Not once did I ever say, hey, you know, Al-Qaeda, they seem to have some great ideas. Not once did I ever say, hey, you know what? People should actually be raising their children to murder soldiers. So now maybe my times that I had that I thought were tough times weren't actually as tough as what Zainab Cotter and Zainab's and Omar Cotter's mother was going through. But I would venture a guess to say that that is not a reasonable threshold for, oh, it's just the thing you do when your life is challenging. When your life is going through some rough times, you know, some people pray, some people dance, some people find a hobby, other people take up basket weaving, other people wish death on the infidels. Okay, well, you know, to each their own. Can't say I would want to be lining up to go to Thanksgiving dinner at the Cotter residence, if that's their type of conversation. But now we have Omar Cotter saying that he wants to get that one extra level of freedom, being able to talk to the very people, the very people that his supporters blame for everything that happened to him. You don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to, on one hand, say Omar Cotter was just an innocent little boy and he was a victim and it was all his family that has all these connections that we have to worry about. And then on the other side, say, oh, his family's so harmless. He's a grown-up. Nothing's going to happen if he's able to engage and have all of these conversations with them. You don't get to have it both ways. But that's what his supporters are doing already. He's got the $10.5 million. He's on bail pending his appeal. If his appeal is successful, then we can reevaluate. But why are we, because I know where we're headed, folks. Why are we bending over backwards to this guy 
who now is wanting to be connected to the radicals. If I was a young boy at 15 who was thrust into this international conflict and then into a life of hell at Guantanamo Bay and all of these different things, and I was going through that because of my family, I would deplore my family. I would absolutely despise everything they did that got me into that situation. But he's now begging and groveling to get back into having to have this open level of discourse with them when we already know, there's already been documented proof that Omar Khadr has been speaking and engaging with those who have already been radicals, people he met at Guantanamo Bay. Now, I'm all for coming up with friendships and camaraderie and whatnot, but do you really want to make friends in that place? Because he has. Going to take a break here. When we come back on the other side, your calls on this. 1-800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428. Andrew Lawton in for Roy here on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. <laughs> 